0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of IRL Horror. I'm your host, Buexo, and today we are covering an ongoing case of a missing geologist that has seemingly vanished into thin air under some suspicious and mysterious circumstances. June 23rd, 2021, the then 24-year-old Daniel Robinson is seen leaving his job site in Buckeye, Arizona at 9 a.m., and by that evening, he is entered into the missing persons database, which seems like a short amount of time between leaving his job and being reported missing, and I believe it typically is. But you see, Daniel has a close, loving family in which he is consistently in touch with. So, when a co-worker couldn't get a hold of Daniel, and his family was alerted to that, they knew something was wrong. But before we get into that, let's start at the beginning. You know, where things typically start. Daniel was born January 14th, 1997, to Melissa and David, both loving and devoted parents from what I can see. He is youngest of four. Daniel was born with one of his hands and part of his arm missing, But according to his father, he didn't look at it as a disability. Apparently, when he was young, he refused a prosthetic and did things his own way. Just so you can get a sense of Daniel, his father talks about in interviews how he was an accomplished person. He taught himself how to play a bunch of instruments and sounds like a truly awesome person to know. He is clearly very smart, determined, and independent. He sounds like my type of person, And it sounds like many people felt the same way. He is clearly adored by his family and friends. Now, as we know, it can be hard to find information on people who are missing or where cases are ongoing. So I've gathered what I can so that you can get to know Daniel as much as possible. His father says he is an adventurous person who loved to travel and do what he could when he could, which did sometimes mean that he took off on a whim but it looks as though because of this, Daniel was very good at keeping in contact and letting everyone know where he was or was going. I think this speaks very much to his personality on various levels. He certainly cared, and although a bit spontaneous and adventurous with a love of the outdoors, he was also seemingly pretty cautious and considerate knowing his family cares and still being quite young himself with an obvious love for life. Once Daniel finished high school, he moved from Columbus, South Carolina to go to the College of Charleston where he studied geology. Once he graduated, he was happy to move to Arizona for his first job, which he was very excited about. According to his father, the area he moved to was perfect for someone who liked and collected rocks or studied or enjoyed things of that nature. He liked his job and seems like he wanted to do well in every way that he could. So he took a side job delivering alcohol and groceries with Instacart and was able to purchase his first vehicle, a 2017 Blue-Grey Jeep Renegade. Daniel seemed to be very proud of himself in this big purchase. He loved the vehicle and even made arrangements for his parents to come and visit with him and see it. Unfortunately, they never got that chance. Now I'm going to talk about this next part because I think it speaks to his state of mind at the time of his disappearance. And also, the days leading up to an event, such as going missing, are obviously very important details. So, if you remember, Daniel got a side job delivering for Instacart. One day, Daniel delivered some alcohol to a woman named Caitlin and her friend. When he got to her home, they invited him in, and it looks like they may have had some drinks and all spent time together. I can't seem to find too much detail about that, but it happened. It happened. Daniel was attracted to and developed feelings for this woman. She did not feel the same way. According to her and the text between them, Daniel began showing up at her home uninvited. Now, here is a snippet of some of their texts. Daniel, I couldn't stop thinking about you. Caitlin, honestly, you showing up at my house unannounced made me extremely uncomfortable. I don't see us hanging out anytime soon. Apparently, Daniel continued to show up. I'm unclear how many times, but it looks like at least one more time aside from the original time. Caitlin continues to be very clear with him that what he was doing was unacceptable, and she doesn't want it, and that he is making her uncomfortable, as she should, and I'm happy to see her being so clear about this with him. It's a good way to do that. Kudos to her. At one point, she very clearly states... Leave me alone. He replies with things like, do you hate me? Her last text to him was June 21st, 2021. Obviously this behavior he was exhibiting towards Caitlin isn't normal. And I think it gives us some insight into his mental state before he vanished and likely helps explain why people from Daniel's work were saying he wasn't acting like himself on the days leading up to his disappearance. I can't find any examples given from his co-workers on how exactly he was behaving differently, but the situation with Caitlin was happening at the same time. On June 23rd, Daniel went to work, which was a site out in the desert, and his job was to check the viability of water wells, and he had a conversation with a co-worker. The co-worker says they saw Daniel drive off and... Now, there's two different ways you can split going from there. One way leads to the roads and, like, civilization, I guess, and the other leads west, further into nothing. The co-worker says that Daniel heads towards nothing at 9 a.m. It's unclear to me which co-worker was the one that started looking for Daniel later that day, but somehow Daniel's sister was contacted or made aware that they couldn't get a hold of him, So she tried, and she told their dad, who also kept trying. They had no luck getting a hold of him, which, according to his family, isn't anything like him. So his father reported him missing. Now, the police said that they would search for Daniel in the morning because it was now too dark to do so. But they then canceled that because they said that he was an adult and could do as he wanted. It's the first of many criticisms about this case. Daniel's father has been very upfront and vocal about how he is displeased with the way the police have handled this case. I think rightfully so, as you'll continue to hear. Daniel's father was quick to jump up and drive all the way to Arizona to help look for his son, and he has been there since, looking constantly and appealing to both the police and people to help. I did manage to find a timeline posted by the Buckeye police on the case. They state that on June 24th, they searched near the job site that he left the day before, where he was last seen by the co-worker. It doesn't look like they found anything, or that they claim to have found anything. They also attempt to access his Jeep's Uconnect system, but the GPS data was not available, so they weren't able to use that to locate him or his car, and that the Tempe police checked Daniel's apartment. Now, when I first saw this, I assumed, silly me, that they meant that they went in and searched his apartment, but upon further reading, it looks more like they just kind of went to see if he was there, and no one answered, so they left. I think Daniel's father was pretty unimpressed with the police fairly fast, and of course, worried and scared for his son, so he took it upon himself to keep searching and enlisted the help of some retired police who are now private investigators. It wasn't until July 7th, so this is weeks after he went missing, that the air search team was even contacted to help look for Daniel. It was also that day that the Buckeye police finally went to Daniel's apartment to check it out. At some point during this time, there's also been some talk that Daniel's Instagram photos have been deleted, but I can't get proof or confirmation of that. I'm not sure if that could have possibly been family or something along those lines, but it doesn't seem so, so I'm not sure if there's much relevance to that speculation, but I wanted to throw it out there as it is something I've heard about the case. On July 19th, so roughly a month after he went missing, Daniel's Jeep was found by a rancher around two and a half miles from the worksite he vanished from. Daniel was not found with his car, But what's interesting about this is, according to the rancher who found the car, it was not and could not have been there just days prior. Now, keep in mind, this is a month after he went missing. The rancher says that he had been around there recently, and he didn't see anything, but that also, had the jeep been there, his cows would have messed with everything there, doing things like trying to lick the salt off and mess with anything found, including trying to get out the water left in the car. Daniel's clothes, as in the ones he was wearing, his cell phone, water, was all found at or close to the scene of what looks to be his crashed Jeep. The car looks to have been in an accident. It drove 11 miles after the airbags deployed, and red paint was found on the car, but no red paint was found near the scene. They also found the sunroof kicked out. Now, the police try to say that he must have crashed the car and escaped through the roof and had had a bad head injury, removing his clothes and walking off into the desert. The investigator, however, does not agree and says that something does not seem right with the entire scene where the Jeep was found. The police also did not include the rancher's account or information in the police report, which... Seems kind of odd, considering he seems certain the Jeep couldn't have been there just days before he found it. With the finding of the Jeep, they also recovered his cell phone, the Jeep's crash records, and finally checked Daniel's financial records, which is strange to me. Seems like that would be something to do sooner rather than later. In a case where someone vanishes into thin air, why not sooner? Just like his apartment and the air search. Why in the world would you wait so long when someone could be out in the desert hurt and needing help? That was the first time Daniel's father really got to see the Jeep. The car Daniel was so proud of being able to buy and had made plans with his parents to see it in person. They never got that chance. All they got was to see it destroyed. Still, with no signs of his son and nothing but questions left. And that is just so incredible incredibly heartbreaking. The search continued, and they managed to find one of Daniel's socks by the job site that he had driven off from. I believe it was actually the investigator who discovered that, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. It doesn't look like the police are acknowledging it. On July 29th, a skull is found. It isn't Daniel's, but it is one of a few remains that will be found during the search for Daniel which begs the question, WTF is going on there? I know it's a remote part of the desert, which, if I had to guess, is probably a more likely place for bodies to be left, but that's quite a few deceased people to find in one area while you're searching for someone else. On October 18th, Santan Recon issues the collision report of Daniel's crash, which seems to mostly match up with the facts that the accident reconstructionist and private investigator Jeff McGrath that Daniel's father got to help. They say that after the airbags had been deployed, someone tried to start the ignition over 40 times. McGrath thinks the whole situation is suspicious, but the police rule out foul play because of the condition the Jeep was found in. On the contrary, McGrath says that the damage to the Jeep doesn't match with the terrain and where it was found, and that it also wasn't dirty enough to have been sitting out there in the desert for a month, or as it should have been for a simple accident. Which is interesting because that opinion seems to match up with the account of the rancher who said that the jeep couldn't have been there and wasn't there just days before it was finally found. McGrath also states that it is unusual to see so many ignition attempts, after airbags are deployed and that they usually only see one or two because it can add one when they try to download the box. What's even more interesting is that according to McGrath, the accident happened around 1 PM, which is about four hours after he was last seen at his job site and turning towards a more remote part of the desert. None of that adds up and I'd agree that that sounds particularly odd and suspicious so it looks like we have no idea what happened between when he left his job site and when his car was crashed, and that's quite a bit of time. To make things even more suspicious, here's a quote from a graph. The activity with the vehicle is very suspicious, and any time we get a download that doesn't match, by looking at the photographs, it doesn't match the area. Sometimes, those could be a staged event, and that looked like a staged event to me. Apparently, even though the police think it was an accident in which he got badly injured, there was no blood found in his vehicle. The crash was bad, though. The Jeep rolled and ended up on its side, the Jeep itself with extensive damage. His clothes, the clothes he was wearing that day, were found in a pile next to the car, and the work safety vest he was wearing a little farther away. His wallet was in his pants, his phone and work computer still in the Jeep. But no trace of him and this is pretty much where we leave off there has been no further progress i've seen made in this case the most recent findings being the information from the crash and what was found there of his the only other findings i've been able to see myself are that of the remains found of quite a few other people while searching the area for daniel what do i think happened honestly i'm not sure There are quite a few theories being thrown around online, one of them being that perhaps he was killed because of the work he was doing, that maybe he was somehow threatening a corporation or something along those lines with his findings, something that would get in their way. This one is a theory because of where the job site was and some of the property owned in the area, I believe. We know that the police just think it was an accident, but I don't think we can ignore all the facts. The facts tell us that he got into an accident somewhere four hours after he was last seen at a job site that he apparently left at 9 a.m., where clothing of his was later found. We know that someone tried to start the ignition almost 50 times after the accident. We know that there was red paint found on his new blue-gray Jeep, which makes no sense since there wasn't anything in the area that would explain that. We know that although his behavior was off right before he vanished, It isn't in his character to not be in contact with his family. So I think that there is a lot here that points to something more than an accident. I think that Daniel's family deserves answers, and they and Daniel deserved for more prompt and adequate help from the police. And I think that they deserve our help now. I think that those other remains found of people deserve proper answers too, and these are all answers that no one is getting, and that's just not right. So, my dear spooky friends, especially those of you in the area where Daniel was last seen, if you know anything, please contact the police. Daniel is still missing as of the recording of this episode. He is now 25 year old, black male, but was 24 at the time of his disappearance. He's five foot eight with his right hand and part of his forearm missing. He's roughly 165 pounds at the time he went missing. He has black hair and brown eyes. I hope that Daniel's loved ones are able to get the answers they are looking for and that Daniel gets the justice and care he deserves going forward. I know that if it were me or someone I love, I'd want everything that could be done, get done as fast as possible. So here's to hoping for some change. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay spooky, and please stay safe.